Just to start off this episode, just want to say massive spoilers for all Red Hood-related comic books and TV and film. So if you want to keep spoiler-free, maybe check out those things before you listen to the episode. Jingle bells, Batman smells. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, you know, just stealing car tires in hopes it belongs to a billionaire who will catch me in the act and change my life for the better. I don't think that's how that works. Why not? Because that's my car. Are you a billionaire crime-fighting vigilante? No. No, I am not. Dang it! You gonna fix my tire now? I only know how to take them off. I really hope someone beats you to death with a crowbar. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Lance, and today I have a special guest with me today, Josh from Four Nerds by Nerds. Hi, I'm Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to record this episode. This is our first episode of season two. We're finally back. I'm honored. I'm honored yes. to be kicking off season two. Yes, could not imagine a better guest to come on. We've been wanting to cover this particular character for quite some time now and uh we're talking some red hood jason todd yeah i can't imagine a better character to be kicking off season two with no we're we're starting out with a bang he's the best he's so good uh josh for those that might not know about your show four nerds by nerds or high on horror give them a little bit of info about uh, what you do over on those shows Sure, yeah. Uh, I am the host of the Four Nerds by Nerds podcast, which is like a movie-centric nerd podcast. We do a lot of movie commentaries. Uh, this year, I'd really like to get more focused into just more movie discussion, like open commentaries instead of just three-hour episodes. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we do a lot of like Jeopardy games and stuff like that. It's really fun. And then I am one of three co-hosts of the horror movie podcast High on Horror with Chris from The Geek Peak and Miles from... The Distump Podcast, and that's where we uh, review and talk about horror movies, and it's really fun if you like that sort of thing. I love both of your shows so much. Uh, just the commentary that you do on Four Nerds by Nerds is amazing. Oh, thanks, buddy. I, I don't think there is a better like back-and-forth chemistry show that is as hilarious as High on Horror. Ah, oh, thanks, buddy. You are like our biggest supporter. <laughs> I freaking love that show so much. It, I can't even express it so Obviously, everyone listening to this, immediately go and subscribe to Four Nerds by Nerds and High on Horror. You will not be disappointed with any of those shows. They will make your commutes or just chilling at home so much better. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yes. Well, I'm excited because Red Hood is one of my favorite characters. He, yeah, he. I think he is my favorite DC character. Yeah. What What like draws you in about him as a character? I just really like an anti-hero. Like, my favorite DC character is Red Hood. My favorite Marvel character is Venom. I just, I think a character's much more interesting if they don't just walk the straight line of either being a good guy or a bad guy. Like, it gives you a lot more to work with. And I think it makes them a lot more sympathetic and, and understanding because everyone deals with 
wanting to do bad things that are justifiable. And it isn't always as a clear line as some superheroes make it out to be that you just don't ever do anything wrong. 100%. I feel like characters like Eddie Brock's Venom and Jason Todd's Red Hood are far more realistic just in the fact that they, they tend to think the same way we do. Like if they had those abilities, powers, what would you actually do with it? Obviously, I'm not about to go out and start murdering people, <laughs> but but they take it a little bit step further. But their reactions most of the time tend to be the the same thing that a reader might take it as, and that's when I f- I feel like the audience or the reader can really get behind those types of characters. Yeah, they're more human, and they don't they actually have real life problems. Like Bruce Wayne doesn't have any real life problems. He's a billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I feel real bad for you, Bruce. <laughs> well, let's jump right into the bio and origin of Jason Todd. But strangely enough, before we even get to Jason, we should probably talk about where the Red Hood moniker really comes from. The first iteration of the Red Hood was created by Bill Finger. Lou Sayer Schwartz and Wynn Mortimer that appeared in Detective Comics 168 in February of 1951. And Josh, who was under that original Red Hood? The Joker. Well, the man the man that would become the Joker. The man that would become the Joker. Now, in the comic itself, they talk about how the Joker or the person that would become the Joker was not the first person to take that identity that it was used for by various criminals when they are completing tasks, which essentially let them get away with crimes without being able to pinpoint specifically who was doing those crimes. But as far as we're concerned, the first person we ever see as the Red Hood is the person that would become the Joker. Yeah, the only one that matters. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, And we see this in flashbacks uh, within that, that comic. Uh, The man that would become the Joker assumes the alias to complete a heist at Ace Chemical Plant, which would lead to a confrontation with Batman. While attempting to flee, the Red Hood trips and falls inside a chemical vat, which disfigures him. This, combined with news of his pregnant wife's death in a household accident, drives the man insane, leading to his transformation into the Clown Prince of Crime, the Joker. This origin was expounded even more in Alan Moore's Batman The Killing Joke as well. So if you wanted to just watch that or read it, you can find it directly from that movie and or comic as well. And there's a really good uh, fan film on YouTube from way back in the day, but it still holds up, called Patient J. It's about the Joker being in Arkham Asylum and he's talking to a therapist and he's kind of, you see these hints at what his like, life was. Oh, that's super cool. Because that nobody knows anything about the Joker. Yeah. So it's about like how he was the Red Hood kind of reluctantly. And it was just kind of more of a wrong place, wrong time. He wasn't this like big bad guy and how he was like a failed comedian and stuff like that. But then it keeps being like interplaced with stuff that did actually happen. So you can't tell if he's telling the truth or not. Because then like his stories will like drift off into like the fact that he paralyzed Barbara Gordon and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are these memories or are they fabrications? What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. That that's the fun thing about the Joker as as a character is the fact that we we don't really know his true origin because every time it's brought up, it's he even mentions it a few times. He's like, I don't even know really what my origin. Yeah. He just starts to tell these random stories, so that it makes it for really cool 
narrative in comics because you could find all these little pieces out, but you think they're real, but they're really not, or are they? So it just messes with the reader as well. Didn't they try? They tried to make them like immortal a couple of years ago. They they tried they, to do everything. They tried to give them like the same backstory as uh oh what's his name? It was just in my head. Mutton chops man. <laughs> Mutton chops man. Yeah. Uh, Vandal Savage. Oh, Vandal Savage. They said that the Joker was that old and he had touched a piece of the meteor that turned Vandal Savage into an immortal. Oh, my god! But gosh. the whole storyline was trying to figure out whether or not he was full of shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so weird. Oh, man. That's random. I'm kind of glad I missed that one. Years down the line, obviously, we have Batman who has Dick Grayson as his partner, a.k.a. Robin. And as the years progress, Robin becomes more and more of a leader of the new Teen Titans, which took him away from being the partner of Batman, especially in their own comic line. And because readers had gotten so used to Batman having a Robin, there was a push for introducing a new Robin. Now, Jason Peter Todd was originally referred to as Jason J. Todd prior to the events of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Jason's initial origin was uh, eerily similar to the first Robin Dick Grayson, to say the least, uh, with the origin uh, that he is the son of acrobats Joseph and Trina Todd, who are killed by Killer Croc and later adopted by Bruce Wayne. Yeah, pretty much the exact same thing. <laughs> it's the exact same origin. The only difference is that with, with Jason's, it's Killer Croc that literally feeds his parents Two crocodiles. Yeah, it is a little more brutal. I remember when someone told me that because I had only known the uh, the rebooted origin that he was like a street tough. Yes. And so when I found that out, I was like, there's no way that's true. <laughs> like, no one would be that <laughs> stupid to just do the exact same thing over again. Oh, you would be surprised. <laughs> Now, and funny enough, we always think of Jason Todd having a very specific look with his like dark black hair, right? It, it's like the go-to image form. Originally, he had red hair, and it wasn't until after Dick Grayson presents him with his own Robin costume that he actually dyes his hair black to be more like, <laughs> to be even more like Dick. I'm very shocked too, with especially the fact that this was going on in the '80s, that they weren't like. And now we'll upgrade the shorts and make him wear pants. They're just Jeez. like, nah, let's just keep the Peter Pan shoes, keep the short shorts. It, it's so messed up because in the comic, like he looks older. He looks like like a 17, 18 year old kid at one point, And he's still wearing a Speedo. Yeah. <laughs> and running around with a grown man. <laughs> yeah. You would think that at some point this teenager would be like, hey, Bruce, you know how you're covered in like armor and protected my legs are just like chilling out here in the open. Yeah, <laughs> I, got a, I got a breeze flowing in a certain area that maybe it shouldn't be right now. Yeah, you know my legs aren't bulletproof, right? <laughs> Following the events of Crisis on Infinite Earths in 1985, Jason's origin is altered to be the street orphan, like you said, Josh. Uh, he's caught in mid thievery of the Batmobile's tires in Crime Alley. Uh, Jason is now the son of Catherine and Willis Todd. Catherine was a drug addict who OD'd, and Willis disappeared after an unsuccessful assignment as hired muscle for Two-Face. So just to further the thing of you shouldn't be henchmen of anyone in Gotham. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, I know that's in our notes somewhere, but I remember 
when I really started diving into Jason Todd and I was like, they just stole his entire origin and gave it to Tim Drake in the animated series. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. And I was like, why didn't they just do Jason Todd? Like, I don't, that show, that animated series made me hate Tim Drake. So when people are like, Tim Drake's my favorite album, I'm like, Tim Drake sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce discovers Jason is attending Ma Gunn's school for crime at that, like, reading that too was just like really there was like they were just open that's just the name of it they didn't try and hide it at all just the school for crime (laughs) very nonchalant (laughs) fast forward and jason becomes the next steward of bruce aka batman it's of note that batman states jason possesses the athleticism and acrobatic skills as grayson but also struggles to control his rage he is often referred to as the quote-unquote rebel robin as he smokes, swears, fights authority, and defies Batman's orders with, honestly, frequent success. And, and some failures every once in a while. <laughs> I was trying to remember. He took Didn't he take down the Riddler by himself in his first mission? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, he Jason Todd don't play around. After years of growing recklessness, Jason goes in search of his birth mother, which leads to a confrontation with the Joker where he is beaten with by a crowbar and caught in a bomb explosion, killing both him and his biological mother. Yeah. I read, like, the actual page-by-page for that today, and I was just like, man, this kid's got the worst luck in the world. Like, that is... If you just hear, like, oh, he got beat to death by the Joker with a crowbar, bar, it's like, wow, that's horrible. And it's like, oh, yeah, his mom was there, by the way, and she set him up. (laughs) Yeah, it's so messed up we'll, we'll get into the very specifics of that storyline later for the pull list but it, it is brutal jason just cannot catch a break in life aside from being adopted by a billionaire but that is also i mean he was at least surviving when he was by himself he got adopted by a billionaire and it got a murder <laughs> <laughs> yes now that specific explosion happens in batman 427 and do you remember what they did after his apparent death, Josh? Yeah, it had a, uh, a was it like a 900 number in the back of the comic. You could call in and uh, determine whether or not he lives or dies. Yeah, they let the readers decide whether or not Jason Todd would live or die. After At the very end of issue 427 of Batman, there is a, a page that's an advertisement, and it says... Robin will die because the Joker wants revenge, but you can prevent it with a telephone call. (laughs) There were two separate numbers on that, one that you could vote for if he was going to survive or if he was going to die. There was only a 36-hour window, and after 10,614 called-in votes, there was only a difference of 72. Like, that is bonkers. So... Obviously, we know that in Batman 428, we find that Jason Todd has died as a result of the explosion in that building. 72 votes is not a lot. No. And it's surprising because they also didn't they kill him off because they felt fans didn't like him. Yeah. Compared to Dick Grayson. Mm -hmm. But then clearly they did if it was that close of a margin. Exactly. There was obviously reasons why people didn't just because it was so similar to Dick. But at the same time, he he was like the angsty one. He had a different, completely different personality. And at this point, too, they had revamped his storyline. It was it was more interesting and 
than just having it be the clone copy of a former Robin. But it it just it's, I just think it's so messed up that people just voted to kill off like a kid, a child. Yeah, like how messed up are these people? I, that's probably down to the fact that people love the Joker. Yeah, that's true. So they they want him to be even like even more of a bad guy by having killed a Robin. Yeah, or just have Batman even take another L in life and become even more brooding. Whoever, well, we'll get to it. When the person that thought to bring him back into like, I mean, they inadvertently set up all the dominoes to have one of the coolest characters come into birth. Yes, 100%. And he comes it back into play later on because after Superboy Prime sends shockwaves through all DC realities, it's literally like punching realities. And it sends the shockwaves through all of the multiverse and fixes things that weren't or were supposed to happen. So the way they wrote it was that Jason Todd wasn't supposed to die, but because of strange occurrences, he did. And so this was fixing that problem. And what happens? Jason Todd wakes up in his own coffin buried alive. Yeah. Yikes. Talk about a rough day. Gosh, he's so betrayed by his mother, beaten with a crowbar by the Joker in an explosion that kills you, both you and your mother wake up in a coffin, have to crawl out because no one can hear you. Yeah, probably assume you've been buried alive. <laughs> Gosh, it's horrendous. He just, oh, no wonder he's messed up. Now, he is able to crawl out somehow out of this grave and he's actually found by talia al ghul who sees jason as a a tool that she could use she throws jason into the lazarus pit fracturing his mind with temporary insanity and also gives him increased strength talia provides jason with the iconic red helmet and jason takes on the former identity of the man responsible for his death by taking on the red hood he looks so much more cool. <laughs> like the yes. original design sucks. Jason Todd's design is awesome. <laughs> it's so good. I like I'm not a cosplayer, but I want to put together a red hood suit. Hell yeah. So bad. Like I already have the leather jacket for it. I just need to get like some type of body armor looking thing with with the logo and then I'm going to order one of those like $200 helmets. Yeah. He wears like a an Iron Man helmet, basically. Exactly. It's so cool, man. It yeah, is so cool. I 100% want to do that. Now, about the comic. We have some aliases here, and I didn't know he actually took on some of these uh, monikers before. Uh, and you tell me if you've actually heard of him taking these on, too. So, obviously, we know Robin. We know Red Hood. But he also took on the, the mantle of Red Robin, which is normally Tim Drake. Yeah, with with the worst costume. I hate the Red Robin costume. I hate the Red Robin character. It's it's such a lazy name. Yeah. Like think of something else. I just every time I hear that character's name though, I just want steak fries. <laughs> yeah, yum. <laughs> exactly. It it should not be in comics. Uh other aliases include Wingman, Outlaw, <laughs> uh Nightwing, which I didn't know he tried to take on the Nightwing mantle before. And but this is like alternate universes too. So this yeah. is multiverse talk. Uh, obviously Batman, uh, because he has tried to take on that mantle before as well. And then, of course, the extremely popular Arkham Knight. Did they? In, they brought Arkham Knight into the comics now, didn't they? I believe so. Yeah. 
but it's not Jason Todd. Mm-mm. That's weird. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they just they just kind of do whatever they want. Very much. Yeah. So it's a cool design, at least. Oh, it's super cool. So when when you think of Jason Todd's Red Hood, like what comes to your mind as far as powers and abilities? Um, just he's just Batman. If Batman was a really brutal. And Batman already is really brutal, so think just think about that. It's, it's just, like give Batman a knife and guns, and he's not afraid to kill people. Yeah, it's freaking terrifying. Take Batman, fix all his flaws, and then you got rid. <laughs> just cross the line already, Batman. Come on. So obviously we have an he's an expert marksman. He's a master of martial arts. Those martial arts include. Uh, Aikido, Capoeira, Karate, Kickboxing, Krav Maga, Muay Thai, Ninjutsu, uh, Salat. I don't even know what that one is. Taekwondo. Literally any martial art you can think of, and he's an expert. I can't really imagine Jason Todd doing Capoeira, though. It's a very peaceful form of martial art. (laughs) He knows it. (laughs) I just can't see him, like, kind of, like, loosely dancing around. I just just imagine, like, a fight sequence of him going up against somebody that is using Capoeira, and... (laughs) It, it's like the Indiana Jones thing where the guy's like dancing around the swords he or the whip or whatever. And then he just shoots him. That's about how it would go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also we have with Jason Todd, he has genius level intellect. He's a skilled detective. He has enhanced speed, strength, stamina, agility, reflexes, coordination, and durability due to exposure to the Lazarus pit. Not only is he a master martial artist, but he was not only trained in martial arts by Batman, but also those that trained Batman. Yeah. There, there's a lot of layers to that. Fought Lady Shiva. That's no small mm-hmm. task. No, not at all. Jason has access to high-level civilian and military-grade weaponry, including firearms, explosives, rocket launchers, and advanced computer equipment and gadgetry. Uh, his go-to weapon in hand-to-hand combat is his dagger, which resembles the Chris, which is actually a replica of one of uh, Ra's al Ghul's uh, knives. Now, do you say Ra's al Ghul or do you say Ra's al Ghul? I say Ra's al Ghul. So do I, but I feel like every time I say Ra's al Ghul, someone's like, it's Ra's. like, okay. I feel like they always said Ra's in the animated series. Yeah, so do I. That's why I usually go with that one. Now, this knife is is special because it is able to actually cut through even Batman's armor, which comes into play during the uh, Under the Red Hood storyline. And, of course, his preferred gun is a customized, I think this is an IWI, Jericho 941, which just has, like, a whole bunch of custom components to it that just makes it absolutely beyond lethal. He's the best. Yes. (laughs) Now, now talking about affiliations with with uh, our teams, obviously we have the Bat Family. There's Bat Family Inc., Teen Titans, League of Assassins, Young Justice, Challengers from Beyond, Justice League, and the Outlaws, which he tends to be goes along with that title. The Outlaws are awesome. Yeah, I want an HBO Max series so bad of Red Hood and the Outlaws. I think it would be amazing. But the original team, I want Starfire and and Arsenal. Okay, there. That's what I was going to ask. I was like, what iteration do you want? But 100%. I wouldn't mind if they threw Bizarro in there too, just as like kind of their muscle. But mm-hmm. I don't really care about... what is, What's the other one? It's Wonder Woman's sidekick, right? Oh, uh, Donna, Donna Troy. Is that who it is? Can't remember. Artemis? The, yeah, Artemis. Oh, Artemis. Oh, Artemis. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, I remember that with with them... 
that that ver- iteration a lot of people refer to that as like the dark trinity yeah that's such a cool title yeah that's super sweet i i really like the idea of having like a cover that has both of them like standing back to back i think i think i saw one like that i need to find it though I really liked, I mean, they kind of started to have Jason just clean up after Dick Grayson with all his, like, romances. It was like, oh, Dick did this, so you can do this. But I really liked, like, him and Starfire kind of will they, won't they? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like, they could be good. And he, like, he kind of went, uh, had an altercation with Supergirl once, and I'm like, they'd be an awesome power couple. <laughs> yes, 100%. That would be so cool. Now... Uh, when we're talking about supporting characters for Jason Todd, who comes to your mind, Josh? Who's like his go-to? Uh, Alfred. I've, I love his relationship with Alfred because <laughs> it's so much different than Alfred's relationship so with his, everybody else in the Bat family. They really seem to have like, mm-hmm. like a unique bond, and I, I think it's really cool. I love, I love it every time they, they get together. Yeah. Alfred always has just this understanding of of Jason in the storylines. And even when everyone else in the bat family is kind of almost turning their backs on Jason, Alfred's kind of always there as the voice of reason and trying to like back, back Jason as, as just a human being. Well, he's an, he's an understanding person when it comes to Jason. And he also sees the world in a way that Batman can't just the way, the same way that Jason can see the world in a way that Batman never can. Is because Alfred had a life before all of this. He's experienced all this type of stuff and knows like how messed up the world can be. And even though he encourages Batman to live by his morals and stuff, he understands that that isn't for everybody. Yeah. And he also understands that like Batman Batman's strategy is always kind of a strong hand. And Alfred understands that, like, Jason's been through so much that he doesn't need a strong hand. He just needs someone to be understanding and loving. Yeah, just someone to listen to this kid already. Oh, the the heartbreak that Jason just emotes in certain storylines. It's just brutal. I read a storyline the other day where Jason had fallen into a trap. He went to a warehouse expecting something, and he got he got ambushed and tied up. And Alfred stole one of the Batmobiles. Oh, that's and, awesome! And, and crashed into the warehouse and saved Jason. And then he rescued him and was like, "Yeah, we just won't tell Master Wayne about this." <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. I'm gonna look that one up. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I need to great. read that. That's so cool. Uh, other supporting characters obviously include the rest of the Bat family. So we have Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Duke Thomas, Stephanie Brown, Cassandra Kane, Roy Harper, Artemis, Damian Wayne, Barbara Gordon, and Batman. Antagonists include sometimes the entire Bat family. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Killer Croc, obviously, having the fact that he uh, murdered his parents. And then we also, well, the first iteration, Killer Croc murdered his parents. Uh, Joker, Professor Pig, Black Mask, Cheshire, and Crazy Quilt. There's, Crazy. yeah, I just wanted to throw one rando in there. I think it was fitting. Uh, but yeah, do you do you have any kind of standout antagonist for Jason? Obviously, like, the go-to is the person that murdered him. Yeah, I always just kind of lump him in there with the Joker as, like, being his main target. Um, I don't, I think his biggest enemy is, is, is himself. 
Like it's always the constant conflict of back and forth and the fact that the majority of times he's teaming up with while simultaneously fighting his family. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like him and him and Nightwing are at war with each other and then they pause for a minute to go <laughs> beat up some bad guys and then they go back to fighting each other. Yeah, they when the Bat family gels, it is so cool to see in the comics because they do fight really well together. Obviously, they train together. Yeah. And it, that's such a fun thing to see. It's obviously every family has their issues and they fight. And it's it's good to see that in the comic. But it's always a highlight when things are just going well for all of them. And they just have these really cool splash pages of them just taking out villains left and right. It's so much fun. Yeah. I would really like to have to have him have like a a prominent like stable bad guy, like a main villain. Like that, that pop I just got with him and Deathstroke. I would totally take Deathstroke as his main number one like oh, arch enemy. Absolutely. That would be amazing. I would watch that constantly. Yeah. yeah. It's Battle of the Helmets. <laughs> Well, now that we've talked about the origin for Jason Todd's Red Hood, let's go into the archives. Jason Todd made his comic book debut in Batman 357 in 1983. This issue serves as the first full appearance of Killer Croc, which we already mentioned plays a key role in Jason's origin. He was created by writer Jerry Conway and artist Don Newton. This season of Into the Archives, we want to hit the major career highlights of these creators, so we're going to go a little bit quicker than we normally do. Jerry Conway published his first comic at the age of 16 with a six and a half page horror story, Aaron Phillips' Photo Finish in DC's House of Secrets 81 in 1969. Conway succeeded Stan Lee as writer for The Amazing Spider-Man at 19 years old. Can you imagine taking over writing Spider-Man at 19? Yeah, especially taking it from Stanley. <laughs> yeah. And the incredible thing is that during his run, there were so many incredible characters that were introduced in storylines. So during his run, it included the death of Gwen Stacy and the creation of the Punisher. That's insane. Yeah, like, and if it was only if he only did two issues, and it were those things, he would have still been one of the most prolific, amazing Spider-Man writers of all time. Now, after an incredible career at Marvel and DC, writing what feels like every major character under the sun, uh, Jerry Conway also wrote the first major modern-day inter intra-company crossover with Superman versus the Amazing Spider-Man in 1976. Now, this was like a, a treasury-sized issue, too, so it's much larger than normal, and it's one of those books that is constantly on my hunt list. I want a copy <laughs> of this so badly. I'll I track it down. Yes, I, and I found them in shops before. They're just far more expensive than I'm willing yeah, to pay. I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. But I'll find one at a good price one day. Uh, really quickly, other creations from Jerry Conway include Killer Frost, Jackal, Hammerhead, Man-Thing, Ms. Marvel, Power Girl, and even Werewolf by Night. Hell yeah, I love uh, Man-Thing. Yeah, there there's some heavy hitters on there, and obviously we already mentioned Punisher. Yeah. All right, Josh, you want to take us and talk about this artist, Don Newton? 
Yeah, Don Newton broke out onto the scene at Charlton Comics in 1974, working on Ghost Manor 18. He would move on to his work on The Phantom, the Billy Zane movie. Yes, the Billy Zane. I still remember going into the theater and seeing The Phantom. And when I bought, when I got concessions, obviously there's like a kid's meal thing, you know, that they would do in theaters. And it was all purple. (laughs) <laughs> because it was ba- so like they gave you grape soda and it was all this random stuff and it included like purple bubblicious like a whole stick of it oh, and it's like vivid memories and i just remember seeing that movie and thinking it was amazing all i remember from that movie is you would look into the thing and then twist it and then spikes would shoot into your eyeballs <laughs> yes there's some messed up stuff <laughs> in that movie let's see what else he moved on to work for marvel with giant sized defenders Deadly Hands of Kung Fu and Ghost Rider. Is Deadly Hands of Kung Fu Shang-Chi? Because I, I see a lot of covers that look exactly like Shang-Chi. I honestly don't know. I would need to look that up. We, we would need to ask JVD. He would know. That's true. Yeah. Uh, he started work at DC in 1977 on Aquaman, The New Gods, and achieved his lifelong ambition of drawing Captain Marvel and, of course, his work on Batman. Yeah, he worked on everything. Like, he was doing art for every major title. Yeah, I mean, that's quite the list itself. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty prolific. I love the giant-sized comics. They really should bring those back. (laughs) Agreed. Well, DC does it with... uh, Some of their black labels are pretty big like that. Oh, really? Yeah, and and they're they're really cool, and so you get to see a lot more, and there's a lot of fun stuff. But I agree. I think that it should be... It should happen more, and they just need to make larger, long, wider, long boxes so they can actually fit. Because <laughs> I would collect Sucks them. Your wall. Exactly. <laughs> now, the new version of the Red Hood was created by uh, writer Judd Winnick and Doug Mankey. Uh, Judd Winnick started as a reality TV personality on the real world San Francisco. Uh, he had the comic strip Nuts and Bolts which received a development contract with Universal Press Syndicate. However, it it didn't pan out. They didn't start publishing it, but it, that's the same people that published uh, Calvin and Hobbes. So, a, like, a pretty big deal. Yeah, Calvin's been pissing on things for years. They're not changing his artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Leave our Punisher alone. Uh, now, Winnick also des- uh, designed illustrations for over 300 of the Complete Idiot's Guide 2 book series, which is hilarious. Now, it wasn't until he actually published the graphic novel Pedro and Me, Friendship, Loss, and What I Learned, that got him a lot of notoriety within the creative space. Now, this graphic novel was about his friendship with his real-world housemate uh, and AIDS educator Pedro Zamora. It won countless awards and praise from comic legends, including Frank Miller and Neil Gaiman. Oh, damn. Yes. Uh, he began work at DC writing Green Lantern while incorporating stories about gay characters and uh, the violent homophobic actions that were taken against them. So really continuing the, the push of uh, treating people with respect and what, what is out there, what's happening with homophobia and like le- legitimate hate crimes towards people of like of this demographic oh that's really cool yeah there it's pretty amazing and it seemed to be it was just a reoccurring thing with a lot of his writing and it's 
of course, it's it's absolutely necessary in stories that needed to be told. Oh, it says that he moved on to work on Green Arrow. I want the Green Arrow had a sidekick that had AIDS at one point. Or yes, he invented her. They he did. He that yeah. is like the yep. That's part of the storyline that they worked on too. Uh, there. So obviously, so you just mentioned the Green Arrow stuff, which involved that storyline, and then there was uh, that work which was called Blood and Water. And obviously also worked on Batman and then The Outsiders and Marvel's Exiles. All right. And then artist Doug Mankey. (laughs) Yes. That's fun to say. Uh, His major (laughs) works include The Mask, which is a lot crazier than the movie if you've never read the comic books. It is is very insane. Uh, The JLA, Green Lantern, Final Crisis, Batman, The Man Who Laughs, and of course, the main Batman run. Uh, Winnick and Mankey would team up in 2005 to revitalize the Red Hood character and bring Jason Todd back into the comics spotlight in the Under the Re- Under the Hood storyline, starting in Batman 635. It wasn't until Batman 638 that the Red Hood would be revealed as the previously thought deceased Jason Todd. So yeah, Jason Todd was confirmed dead in Batman. 428 in 1988 and wasn't brought back until Batman 635 in 2005. Yeah, that's that's a long time to go without a character. Yeah, I can't believe it was that long. Like when I read that it was 2005, I was like, man, it doesn't feel that recent. <laughs> no. And and we'll talk about a certain storyline that brought him back a little bit before then. Yeah. Uh, but it, it it's kind of foggy, the storyline. It's really interesting. So we'll get into that. Yeah, it's odd that they teased it beforehand before actually doing it. Yes, we'll get into it, but I loved how they did it. There, were, It's really interesting because it was he was brought into a storyline that was just meant to mess with Batman, and it was supposed to be this. It, it wasn't supposed to be what it turned into later, is what I'll yeah. say to kind of brief it. Now that we've talked about like the creators, we've talked about the origin, let's, let's get into some pull lists of storylines that you should be reading to get to know Jason, a.k.a. and Red Hood, a little bit better. Josh, what's what's the first one we always go to with Jason? Well, Batman of Death in the Family. Yeah, I I don't think you can say anything about Jason without bringing up this comic first. Yeah, I mean it's it's that's got to be the craziest thing that's ever. Well, I don't know, maybe there's a lot of comic stuff that you hear and you're like, "Holy, I can't believe that happened." <laughs> but I mean, a child being beaten to death with a crowbar. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, especially at that time too, like 1988. That's that's some serious stuff. But when I when I went back to reread the storyline because I've read it before, I did not remember that it legitimately starts off with Batman and Robin going into this warehouse to bust up a kitty porn ring. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, but that I mean that kind of screams the late 80s though. Yeah, I feel a lot of comics were like. What's the worst thing imaginable? That's edgy. Let's do that. <laughs> exactly. It, and as soon as they said that in the comic, what they were trying to break up and Jason was there, I was like, oh, these like they're done. Jason's about to go off. And, <laughs> and he immediately leaps from the balcony and starts just beating the crap out of all of them. And at that point, as the reader, I'm like, yes, beat the crap out of all of them. I want you yeah. to do this. And we mentioned it earlier, but he legitimately looks 18 in the storyline. He's still wearing the Speedo. Yeah, I I very much. There's a if you haven't watched it, there's a animated movie called Batman Under the Red Hood. And his outfit in that as Robin is so much better 
yes. than the regular Robin costume. He has pants. He has like a black, red, and yellow design. It's a lot better. <laughs> yes, it's it's so much better. Uh, within this run, you get to uh, see Jason's origin as well as talking about his family tragedy. He actually learns that his uh, who he thought was his mother was actually not his biological mother, which then leads to this journey that he has after kind of a breakup with Batman. And he goes to try and find her, finds her, and it turns into her betraying him because she owes the Joker for certain things. And it, it just does not end well for either of them, because obviously we've already talked about this storyline where the Joker beats Jason with a crowbar and then leaves them into this, leaves them in this building where Jason is able to get out of these shackles. And after being beaten, still tries to save his biological mother, who was obviously betrayed by the Joker as well, tries to save her, gets the door. It's still locked. They can't get out. And they both die. Yep. Bomb goes off. And it's something I feel like a lot of people always think that, Jason dies because of the crowbar because that's the yeah. image you always see and you forget. No, there's a legit bomb that goes off too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It, how he survived being beaten with a crowbar over and over again. But I mean, of course there's gotta be a bomb for good measure. Yes. It's, it's amazing. This, this storyline is fantastic and there's, there's a really good back and forth between Batman and Superman at one point and legitimately Batman punches Superman and then he hurts his hand. He like is holding it like it's broken. And he's like, I think it's broken. Superman just says, you're just bruised. You're fine. Because he like <laughs> scans him for a second to see if it's actually broken. But yeah, that, that storyline is so good. It, it is a must read. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just for nothing else, just to have the backstory of the character. 100%. And and then obviously the storyline keeps going. And it's about Batman trying to find the Joker. And there's some insane things that happen later in the storyline too but with the joker but we'll we'll leave some room for for uh learning and experience if you haven't read the storyline before what was the gap there though after jason died before he replaced him with tim drake <laughs> what was the gap there? It, i don't think it was very long yeah I, yesterday's I, news <laughs> yeah it doesn't it doesn't take very long Next up, we have Red Hood, The Lost Days, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's the storyline about what happened in between Jason Todd's death and him coming back. This came out in 2010 and was written by Judd Winnick, who is legitimately the writer that brought him back as Red Hood in the first place. And also uh, uh, drawn by artist Pablo Raimundi. And I don't even think we need to mention much about this one. It's just if you want to know what happened with Jason in those, the days between his, or actually quite a bit of time between his resurrection and coming back as the red hood. That's where to go. Yeah. What was it? There, uh, I was trying to think there was someone he meets up with in that. And I can't remember what it was. Was it hush? Is that where he meets up with hush in that book? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Cause it, it kind of sets up what, what happens in hush itself. And we should talk about that too. In the hush comic book run at one point when they're fighting in, I believe it's a cemetery uh, at the time, the person that is dressed up as hush uh, reveals their face and they take the bandages off. And it is a older Jason Todd and Batman's obviously taken aback by it. And they start fighting 
And then later in that comic book, it's revealed to be Clayface, who was just taking the form of Jason Todd to mess with Batman. But then that is changed later to be that it actually was Jason Todd, but then he had swapped out with Clayface during the fight because he wanted to engage Batman before like really coming back as the Red Hood. I feel like that's an unnecessary add-in. Yes, it's so funny, though. I'll take it. I'll take any Jason Todd <laughs> I can, though. I do really like the way he looks in that run. Like yeah, when it's does. revealed. He's got, like, gray in his hair and stuff. Yeah, it looks so cool. And and just his, like, the eye mask that he, he wears, it just looks really cool. <laughs> it's always so weird to me that he still wears, like, the Robin mask underneath his Yeah, his I do the hell, Wait, you don't think he needs two two disguises <laughs> out at the same time? There's not really a need for it. <laughs> I mean, if that mask is supposed to be enough to hide your identity, yeah. when he takes the helmet off and people are like, it's Jason Todd. It's like, well, then clearly that thing doesn't work very well. <laughs> then obviously we get to Batman Under the Hood, which came out in 2005. I didn't realize that the storyline was called Under the Hood because when I bought my graphic novel, it was always called Under the Red Hood. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when the the animated movie was coming out, it said based on Under the Hood. And I'm like, Under the Red Hood sounds better. (laughs) Yes, it does. And it was just when the comic originally came out, it was just called Under the Hood. But later on, just because it was about Red Hood, they changed the name on the graphic novels. And then obviously the the name of the animated, animated movie was also Under the Red Hood. Uh, now this is this is legitimately like the go-to Red Hood storyline. It's so great, and the movie did such a great job adapting it. I'm surprised that this comic run isn't talked about more. Agreed, because it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my gosh, I loved reading this comic. I I've read it multiple times, and I love it every single time. There are some things that I think could be cut out because, but I feel like it's kind of like that with every comic run. They always kind of throw these like C and D list like storylines going on in the background. And it's like, you don't really need a Mazo in here. No, I mean, black mask kind of fits because he's kind of red hoods basically taking over the mob. But even then you could really take that out and it would still wouldn't matter. I just love how bonkers of a character black mask is in the storyline though. Cause he's yeah, just he's pretty insane. He's all over the place. And just the interactions he has with Jason are pretty funny. Uh, I think that the rocket launcher, when he points it at Black Mask's <laughs> like office, is so good. It's so great. Uh, but one one thing that we that they did perfectly with the animated adaptation, which we'll get to, is just how cool like the sequence, like the chase sequences are between when Batman and Nightwing are chasing after the Red Hood before they know who it is, and just the way red hood is able to escape from them and like cut the cable before it gets taut on his leg. is just amazing. Yeah. I think the, the best red hood scene that is just him in that. And it's like one of the best, 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 not hero, but best like badass moments in comics is the duffel bag scene. Yes. Yes. So much. You talk about, Bring it up. Talk about it. <laughs> all these mob bosses are sitting in a room and they don't know why they're there. They're all unaware of who actually has summoned them there. And then out of nowhere, Red Hood comes out of the shadows 
and is just like, I called this meeting. And he's just basically like, I'm taking over the mob. You'll all pay me 40% and you work for me now. And they're all like, why would we do that? And he just throws a duffel bag down on the table and goes, here you go. This is the heads of all of your lieutenants. I've cut every single one of their heads off and put them in this duffel bag. It's so messed up. It's so good, though. What a scary motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great way to reintroduce, like, a, a, or introduce a new anti-hero slash villain slash hero. Just go in with a bang. It's like, here's a bunch of heads. It's like, what? We went from <laughs> zero to 100 real quick. It is things like that where it's like, it does make it hard to believe that he becomes, like, a redeemable character. Yes. <laughs> or, like, Batman would ever even talk to him again. Like, once he, un- like, even though he knows he's, like, psychologically disturbed and stuff it's like it's hard to come back from cutting 12 people's heads <laughs> yeah that's that's a lot that's a that's a long road to come back from there there's a there's a part in this comic too where someone calls him a son of a and then it cut he cuts him off and he's like i am no one's son just because he literally just like he was betrayed not only by his biological family who left him and then he was also let down by Bruce, who was basically his adoptive father. So he's just like, I am no one's son. Because also his mother set him up to be murdered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is weird that, like, he does a lot of horrific things. But they all are kind of justified because he's just been screwed over by everybody. It's so rough. And, and it's heartbreaking reading this, this storyline because eventually, in the final third act, it's between... Uh, Jason, the Joker, and Batman. And Jason's basically giving Batman the ultimatum of either you're going, uh, either I'm going to kill the Joker right now, or you you have to kill me. Like, this is where we're at. That is the best best scene in any of the DC animated movies. Yeah, I love it so much. They they have that fight in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. and Batman is just beating the hell out of him. And then he reveals that he had kidnapped the Joker, and he's there, and he's just like, you, I died and you didn't kill him. <laughs> like, yeah. What is wrong with you? Yeah. And he's like, I'm not even mad at the fact that he killed me. It's like, I'm mad because he's still breathing. It's like, why is he still breathing? Yeah. If because Jason, the way Jason saw everything is he, he saw Batman as his protector, as his father figure. And he says, if the Joker had killed you, I would have scoured the entire earth to find him and send him to hell. That's the like the love that Jason had for Batman, for Bruce. And then when it wasn't reciprocated, be, and he just kept allowing the Joker to live and continue to do horrific things to other people, it just basically broke Jason. Yeah, and I think that is like kind of the difference between Jason and Dick, is that even though Dick was probably the better partner to Batman. He was raised by Bruce more as like a son and treated more as a son. And Jason probably looks at Batman more like a father, but he was, he was raised as like a soldier, like as his sidekick. Like there's a lot less emotional attachment because he was just kind of training like Jason was a machine because he was taught to be a machine, basically. Yeah, 
it's oh, that's a really good observation. It's and it's true too because as soon as Jason is taken in by Bruce, like the next thing is like a montage of him training Jason and Just beating the crap out of him for yeah. six months. And and then there's also a panel too, which is really funny. It's Jason basically throwing Batman or throwing Bruce down to the ground, and as Bruce is falling, he has like a giant smile on his face. <laughs> Because he's just like, yeah, he's good at this. <laughs> he's just like super happy about it. I had a mind blowing revelation when I started researching this like a month ago, because it's all everyone knows that like the comic tropes of like Marvel is that like everyone's initials are the same, like Peter Parker and stuff like that. Yeah, but DC has a very like similar trope that I don't think a lot of people have caught on to, where a vast majority of their characters first and last names are both f- names that could be first names yes a hundred percent especially the every single member of the original bat family until they just like expanded it a couple years ago all have first and last names that could be first names bruce yes. wayne dick grayson even barbara gordon <laughs> like every one of them yeah tim drake that's that's really funny i didn't realize that before yeah, it's odd. <laughs> <laughs> they got their own thing, Marvel and DC. <laughs> well, I think we've kind of hit the major points for Under the Hood. Just a few others. We'll just hit these really quick. Batman Battle for the Cow, which came out in 2009, was written and illustrated by Tony Daniel, which is when Batman is supposedly dead at the hands of Darkseid during Final Crisis, and then everyone in the Bat family starts to fight to carry on the mantle. And Jason Todd's Batman suit in this run is sweet it's so amazing it's so scary looking (laughs) it's terrifying it's so good though oh my gosh very very um uh what's it called what we had talked about earlier Uh, arkham knight it looks very arkham knight ish yeah yeah it does i can't wait they better make a funko bob of it (laughs) yes oh it's amazing they need to they should definitely well supposedly the next animated movie is supposed to be battle for the cowl isn't it is it i th- I thought that they had announced it but it's been a while so i tried That'd to look cool. it up and <laughs> I, but i swear they had announced the that it was coming out so we'll see mm. if it comes out on an animated video we have or an animated movie we have a much better chance of getting a pop-up <laughs> that, that is true uh, other readings that you can go to are Red Hood and The Outlaws. There's both the New 52 mm. and Rebirth. Do you, and then we already kind of talked, but as far as like New 52 versus Rebirth, what's your go-to? Uh, the New 52 stuff is a lot better. Rebirth really changed his outfit a lot, and I hate it. Yeah, I, I like, agree. And same with like his, his design in the new Teen Titans. Or what is it? Uh, is it Teen Titans? The one they brought back, what is that show? Young Justice. Oh, Young Justice, yeah. Mm-hmm. His design in Young Justice where it's, awful. Where it's, where it's just like covering the bottom yeah, of his... Yeah, he's got like the I, T I, type I, of I, mask. I legit yeah. just covered the bottom of my... Or my, covered my mouth to do the mask. <laughs> and I was like, you can't hear me on this mic when I do that. <laughs> it's awful. And that other one, his his Rebirth one, makes him look like evil Casey Jones. And I hate yes. it. I think it's awful looking. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, but yeah, so New Fifty Two, uh, that one is gets the the Josh. There you go, yeah. the stamp of it's approval from really, Josh. It's really, really cool, and I really hope we get a, a HBO Max series of that. That'd be so. I cool. think it could be really fun. That's awesome. Yes, I'm all in. 
Death in the Death of the Family is one of my favorite Batman storylines. Period. Uh, it came out in 2012. There were various artists uh, with all these different tie-ins, various artists and writers, but the main storyline was written by Scott Snyder, and the yeah. main artist was Greg Capullo, which is a beastly. Team. That's a hell of a team. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. I love the art in the series. The Joker has never been scarier, in my yeah, opinion. It's like a horror movie. The whole thing is like a horror movie. It's terrifying. Yes. Like, this is the storyline where Joker cuts off his own face and then staples it back on. Yeah. It is horrific. And he messes with the entire family so much in this. And they're all sitting at a dining table at one point, and all of their faces are covered in bandages that are all bloody. So it looks like he's cut all their faces off, and then you find out what actually happened. Oh, it is, it is horrific. He tries to kill Harley Quinn, and you find out that there have been a bunch of different Harley Quinns that he's just murdered whenever he felt like it. It is. He puts acid inside of Jason's mask. It is bonkers. I, death of the family. Don't get it confused with death in the family. So death in the family is the storyline where Jason Todd dies. But Death of the Family, which came out in 2012. Read that comic. It's amazing. The whole Bat family is there, and it is phenomenal. It's, yeah. It's, Scott Snyder is such a brilliant writer. Like, just have him write the friggin' movies. <laughs> yes, he's so good. He's fantastic. I know he's, he's like a pub a producer on a lot of the DC stuff now, or he was. But, yeah, he, as far as writing, like, he should definitely get more of a say because he's fantastic yeah what a run he had too on batman yes oh, oh my gee. gosh he did such great work it was amazing yeah i feel like scott snyder just he was everywhere his name was on almost every single title at one point for dc yeah. it is amazing yeah. cannot imagine how much work that man puts in and all i hear is nice things about him too everyone i've ever talked to that has met him has said he's an extremely nice person yeah everyone thought him and Zack snyder were brothers <laughs> And Zack Snyder's like, no, but he is my friend. He's like the nicest guy in the world. I thought they were brothers. No, they're just friends. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, it's just a coincidence. That's crazy. I I 100% thought that they were brothers. That is ridiculous. Like, to to be both so prolific within the DC, like... At the exact fandom, same time. And Snyder? Like, that's not, like... you. There's, like, D. Snyder. But, <laughs> like, I, you don't hear that name too often. That's, yeah, that's ridiculous. True. They popped at the same time, too. All right. The the final poll, I'll say, is uh, Task Force Z, which, from the covers alone, is amazing. It's a storyline where Jason Todd is leading a group of zombified uh, villains within the DC Universe. And it includes, like, a zombie version of Bane, Man Bat, the Arkham Knight, sundowner and mr bloom i love man bat man bat's one of my favorite characters it oh, you say it's so funny but oh my gosh this, this comic is bonkers i think there's only two issues out at this point when we're recording but it, it's just the newest thing with jason so i wanted to throw it in here is that part of deceased uh i believe so yes yeah. i yeah, think it's like the continuing basically marvel story. zombies but in dc <laughs> Well, those are our pull lists for the character of Jason Todd, Red Hood. Go ahead and read them. Let us know which ones you enjoy more. But we're going to go on to Grail Find. Uh, Jay, or not Jay. <laughs> it's your boy Jay West. <laughs> All right, Josh, what is your Grail Find for Red Hood? Uh, it would have to be the Under the Red Hood movie. 
if you have not watched this, I I plead all the time with people that if they just made a shot for shot adaptation of this in live action, it would be the best Batman movie we've ever gotten ever. And I thought that's where BVS was heading. Yes. And yes. and there's a lot of things in there that uh that really could have been set up right to do that. But yeah, I mean it's the best DC animated movie. Uh, if you want to hear more of me and Lance's thoughts on that, you can check out the episode that just came out on my show, Four Nerds by Nerds, where me and Lance do a commentary for that movie. So it's much fantastic. fun. fantastic. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's brilliant. Uh, you get uh, Jensen Ackles from Supernatural as Jason Todd. Does a great job. He does a great job. And it's it it is a perfect representation of the comics and it is perfectly it is the way they do it to adapt it and take out the unnecessary parts that make it kind of convoluted and just streamline it is brilliant it's perfectly done like they're like yeah we'll just you know we don't have time to tell the whole story about his parents so we'll just take that part out and then like the way they just fold everything. It's just so great. It's the best. I remember the first time I watched it, it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. it Oh, it's so much fun to watch it, but you're right. Like Jensen Ackles absolutely crushes it playing that character. He's just so like vindictive in, in the, his portrayal. Cause he's just, he's just like so mad, but he's controlled at the same time at points. He, he just does a great job. And I just love the fact that he, Jensen Ackles, Ackles also wanted to play live action uh, Jason yeah. Todd at one point. And so he, there's images of him just in full on cosplay as yeah, the he, Red Hood. Yeah, he dressed up as him as Halloween a few years ago and it looked amazing. So good. It and fantastic. Uh, who was it? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes. Who, who played Thomas Wayne at the beginning of BVS also plays Sam and Dean Winchester's dad in Supernatural. And he was like, I'll be a Batman to your Red Hood any day. Like, let's make this movie. Yeah, for real. Do that right now. That would be incredible. <laughs> so, I, uh, let's fund it. Let's do the GoFundMe yep. for it. <laughs> All right. So that that's your grail is owning that movie. You also yeah. got a pretty sweet pop today, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did our Goon Platoon uh, Secret Santa. And I got... The pop I wanted most in the entire world was just Red Hood and Deathstroke fighting on top of a roof, and it is amazing. Yeah, that's such a good pop. That's I fantastic. Love I love it so much. Yeah, Goon Platoon. That was that was so much fun doing that Secret Santa. Uh, as far as my Grail find, I don't have mine yet because I'm desperately searching for Batman 635, which is first appearance of the modern Red Hood, so Jason Todd as Red Hood. And such a cool cover too. Yeah, it's so great. The the art for it is fantastic. I just right when I was about to buy it, it like skyrocketed in price. And I just I just need to find I don't even care if it's a beat up copy. I don't care. I just want to own it at this point. It it doesn't bother me. Condition as long as the price point's right, I could care less about condition because I'm not trying to buy it to resell it. I just want to own it. Period. Yeah. So the the hunt continues. <laughs> well, we've been talking for a bit, so let's take a little bit of a break. The best way to support us is by leaving a rating and review. A five-star rating goes a long way on Apple Podcasts, and a review about what you liked in the episode does so much more. 
We hope you enjoy the show as much as we love making it. You can find us on social media at Twitter and Instagram at CBKCast. We love to interact on social media, especially on Twitter. If you message me on Twitter, I will respond. Comic Book Keepers is hosted by The Geekly Grind. Stop by The Geekly Grind for all things geeky from comics, anime, and manga to board games, video games, RPGs, and more. Take a break from your weekly grind at The Geekly Grind. And don't forget to check out our good friend and composer of our theme song, Arcane Anthems. Our friend Weston makes royalty-free music for tabletop role-playing games, campaigns, streams, and podcasts. Check his amazing work at, at Arcane Anthems on Twitter, TikTok, as well as finding all of his music available for free on his Patreon at Arcane Anthems. Now back to the issue. I don't know what cloud your judgment worse. Your guilt or your antiquated sense of morality. Bruce, I forgive you for not saving me. But why? Why on God's earth? Is he still alive? You know, I thought... I thought I'd be the last person you'd ever let him hurt. If it had been you that he'd beat to a bloody pulp, if he had taken you from this world, I would have done nothing but search the planet for this pathetic pile of evil death-worshipping garbage and send him off to hell! Welcome back, and now we get to move on to uh, some pretty fun stuff now because we're going to be talking about adaptations. Now, we haven't had a live-action film with Red Hood yet. Came but, so close. <laughs> so close, but we'll, we'll bring up, just because Josh, you brought up Batman v Superman. Hmm. Now, we all thought that was the direction they were going. However, uh, Scott Snyder actually came out or Zach, sorry. Now I'm already, now I'm mixing them up. They're now brothers. Now they're the same person. Uh, <laughs> Zach Snyder came out and said that it was actually Dick Grayson's suit that was hanging in the Batcave that had all of Joker's like graffiti tag on it, and that it was going to be him being murdered before becoming Nightwing. Which is kind of stupid. It's like you already have this storyline with another character. Yeah, and why, and why the, change it? Exactly, and. Everyone already knows who Dick Grayson is. He's so prolific. You don't need to tell his story like at all. You could just have him be Nightwing. He can just show up as Nightwing. And so you, you don't need to worry about that it, it, if you just have Jason Todd there because everyone knows that storyline too. Yeah, it was such a letdown in that movie because I really thought it was heading towards like a, a much more expanded. Like the Batman looks awesome, but yes. I'm sick of new Batman. I want older Batman that has a bat family. I want Red Hood. I want Nightwing. I want Batgirl. Like, I want all this stuff. And it, the thing that also threw me off about that is once I saw a detailed, like, high-res photo of that costume, it has the short shorts. They're just hard to see yes. because of the cape. <laughs> and I'm like, this costume's definitely for a grown man. <laughs> Why yeah, is he wearing booty shorts? Yeah, it doesn't fit. Just give Jason, just give the Robins pants already. They just need pants. Yeah. But, I, I mean, and what a perfect Batman f to do that, all yes. that storyline. Yeah. His, like, Ben Affleck's Batman looks so comic accurate. 100%. Oh, he was it straight up Dark Knight. It would make it so perfect to have the other costumes and have them not look ridiculous. You could have mm -hmm. Nightwing... Not Disco Caller Nightwing. <laughs> <laughs> Not Disco Dick? Good Nightwing. <laughs> yeah, oh, there, there's just a lot of missed opportunities going on there. So, sadly, we do not have a live-action film 
Jason Todd, but we do have, for better or worse, uh, Red Hood Jason Todd showing up, uh, well, in Titans, the HBO Max series. So in Titans Season 1, Episode 6, it introduces Jason Todd, who's played by Curran Walters. Uh, (laughs) So I will say that the episode that he's introduced, I kind of like the personality, but I I just don't think the actor kind of fit that role very well or just just like aesthetically didn't fit very well yeah he's just kind of obnoxious dick yeah he's it's It's not not really like a i'm a i'm an aggressive over the line bad boy it's i'm just kind of annoying well he also did beat up a bunch of cops like ruthlessly (laughs) as soon as he was introduced he's pretty brutal like he doesn't care and it was really unprovoked too it was just he just started beating up cops <laughs> i was like that doesn't seem right for robin right now i couldn't believe that they kept the same actor to be red hood yes so like you could age him up a bit we could add a time jump <laughs> yeah so in season three we are introduced to our first live action red hood and i i man i hated the helmet that they used i hated it so much I mean, it was close, but it yeah. Just looking at it, it's like it, it's hard to put your finger on what's wrong with this. Yeah, there's but something just looks wrong with this. Yeah, it doesn't look great. Uh, I the rest of the suit design was good. I liked the rest of it. It was just the hood that would always throw me off. Because, well, and it's worse when he takes the helmet off. Yeah, because you see this derpy little kid's face on <laughs> on this what you assume is a man's body. And and they did do what I thought they would. They used the perspective to make him look taller after he came back. Yeah, but he is not as tall as the guy that's playing Dick Grayson. That guy is that dude's also jacked. That guy's huge. Yeah. And they kind of changed a lot. He's like. What what is his deal as Red Hood in that show? He's getting like the public on his side. I I stopped watching it. Oh really? <laughs> I I saw through episode three of season three, and and like I enjoyed, rel- like it for a while. It was like a guilty pleasure show for me, and then I just kind of petered off. The I will say the first three episodes of season three, I I enjoyed them. Like they were they're entertaining at least, and the epi- at the end of episode three is like shocking, but. Yeah. Uh, I saw the end fight scene between him and Nightwing. Okay. How was that? And that Nightwing suit is awesome. He yes. looks really cool as Nightwing. Mm-hmm. And I thought his Robin suit was really cool too. But uh, he's just fighting a mat, like a, he's he's taking the hood off. So it's just little kid head on man's body. Yeah. <laughs> fighting Nightwing. But then just a bunch of citizens show up, like chanting Red Hood, like he's some sort of like like a Robin Hood, like he mm. has all the like poor people on his side and some spoiler alert, some random person just shoots Dick in the back, in the spine and die. He dies. Oh, jeez! And it's like, what the hell is that have to do with anything? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, now I'm glad I didn't keep, I'm glad you said spoiler alert for that one. <laughs> all it made me think when I watched it was, well, I'm glad I didn't watch that whole season. That's awful. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's brutal. I, I think we've talked enough about Titans. We're, we're yeah. going to move on from that one. It's not good. No, we're so we're going into the bread and butter. Let's talk some animation. Now, 
we we'd already mentioned it that in uh, the new Batman Adventures, it is actually Tim Drake who is heavily inspired by Jason Todd's storyline. But you already mentioned not not the biggest fan of that. <laughs> no, he's basically the Titans version of <laughs> of of Jason Todd. He's just yeah they 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 gave him the exact origin. His dad's a scumbag that works for the mob. And uh, he tries to steal Batman's wheels. <laughs> Gosh, but why is why is it like why was Jason Todd trying to steal Dick's origin, and why is Tim Drake trying to steal Jason Todd? It's just weird. And why they bring Nightwing in with the mullet? It looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the classic mullet Nightwing. So man, Dick is get like disco Dick, and then mullet Dick, and well, I was already rough. mad when they changed the art style with Batman the animated series. But then they did that because Robin was my favorite character. And then they switched the art style and made him Nightwing. With, and he was just kind of a jerk. Yeah. And then they bring in new Robin. And I'm like, not liking this. <laughs> There's only one episode I like of that show. Of that. Like once the art style changes. Besides the Batman Superman crossovers. is there? There's an episode where it seems like everything is going down. Batgirl dies. So Commissioner Gordon finds out that his daughter was Batgirl. So mm, then he's yeah. after the, all the cops are after the Bat family and they're all like trying to escape, but they keep getting caught by the, the cops and stuff. And then it just turns out that all of this was a big uh, scarecrow toxin hallucination. Oh gosh. But the whole episode, I was like, man, they're really getting into some heavy stuff. Here. <laughs> You're like, they're going for it right now. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's the new Batman adventures. Now, in Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go, there's actually multiple times where Beast Boy has called out Jason because he thinks Red X is Jason Todd. Yeah. And so he's just like, I still think you're Jason Todd, as like Red X is jumping <laughs> off of a building. So just little throw-ins for Jason in, in Teen Titans and Teen Titans Go. Then what you already said, Josh, Jason shows up in Young Justice with not the greatest character design Ooh. suit. Not, I'm not a fan of of that design either, but at least he's there, I guess. Yeah, I think Jason Todd as Robin does show up in Teen Titans Go, and they just don't say that it's Jason Todd. Yeah, because there's a bunch of different Robins. There's Teen Titans Go Robin. There's 1960s Robin, and then there's uh, Carrie Kelly Robin, and then <laughs> one that's just like he's got the Jason Todd hair. He's got an attitude problem. <laughs> He's a complete jerk. And I'm like, yep, that's Jason. Duh. He has the black and red and yellow outfit on. Amazing. That's so good. And then in 2010, we get Batman under the red hood animated series that we already talked about. Voiced by Jensen Ackles. Phenomenal film. Again, check out the episode that Josh and I cover that on, on four nerds by nerds. It is so much fun. Movie deserves Oscars. <laughs> And then in 10 years later, in 2020, they had the interactive film Batman Death in the Family, which let you choose diff- like what happens in the film or you make certain choices and it leads to different outcomes. So you get to watch this movie and depending on what you choose, there's a different ending. Yeah, I didn't I haven't done this yet, but it looked real weird because a lot of the. Like the regular storyline still in there, so it is the same movie over again, and then they just animated alternate like scenes. Yeah, and then yeah, there's realities where he became Red Robin in this. I think there's one reality where he becomes Batman. Like it's so weird. 
Yeah. It's so if you're interested in just having random storylines with Jason and what ifs or what could happen, go ahead and check out that Batman death in the family uh, interactive film. Now, games, obviously, there's always the Lego game. So we have Lego. He appears in Lego Batman. He's in Injustice. And I freaking love Injustice. It's so much fun. Like just a fighting game. If you if you love fighting games and you haven't played Injustice, do yourself a favor and play that game. Injustice and Injustice 2. Yeah. So much fun. Uh, And then we've already mentioned Batman Arkham Knight, which was prolific. And I just remember watching the cutscenes for that video game just because I didn't have the system at the time. But I loved Red Hood, so I wanted to watch all of it. So I just watched the cutscenes on YouTube. Yeah, it was kind of a cop-out that they just rehashed that story over again and was like, here's this new character. And then it's like, oh, no, it's not. It's the same (laughs) character. It's like, he's wearing this helmet. No, now he's wearing the red one underneath. Oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Now it's the the thing around his eyes underneath that. It's like what? What's that toy that you just like? You just slowly open, and there's just another version of the nesting <laughs> eggs or whatever. Yeah, Is nesting that what dolls, yeah. <laughs> nesting dolls. It's just that's Jason as a character. There's just so many layers. And then one thing that I'm extremely excited about is the Gotham Knights video game that's coming soon, which is going to have the various Bat family members, and they have like all these different power ups. And the, visually, the trailers for that game look phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, I hope it's not a letdown because it looks really cool and you're going to fight the Court of Owls. So. Yes. Should be badass. Yeah, it looks super fun. I cannot wait to play that. I'm going to have my buddy bring over his or I'm just going to go to his house because he has the console. I'm just going to go play. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do that. All right, anything else you want to add to any of these video games? Um, No, he he hasn't popped up in nearly enough video games. It's, I agree. We need more Jason Todd and everything. More Red Hood. Yeah, Red Hood and the Outlaw video game. Give it to <laughs> Yes, let's do that. Now, it's finally time we get to our final segment of the episode. What, what is? Is? Each issue we do what nerds do best, we share our fever dream concepts for the comics that we love. And this week, our idea was what superhero or villain vehicle would you like to have seen Jason Todd get caught trying to steal parts from? Now, this would then lead to an alteration of his his life. And so rather than being raised by Bruce, he would be raised by this other character that he had also tried to steal from. Now, I cannot wait to hear what you came up with, Josh. So I'll have you go first. Oh, first. All right. Mine's super long, but it's amazing. I love it. I'm super excited. And it's going to blow Lance's mind. <laughs> <laughs> We open on the crime-ridden streets of not Gotham, but New York City. A dirty young boy approaches a green dune buggy looking to boost the rims to make some money to survive. After he removes one wheel and moves on to the next, the lights of the buggy blink and the doors unlock, and then all the green on the buggy starts to flip like scales, revealing a blue and red buggy covered in black webbing. As the young boy stumbles back in amazement, he backs right into the one and only Spider-Man. Yes! Yes. Nice car, huh? Says Spider-Man. Nervous, the boy begins to run, but Spider-Man leaps in front of him. Always ready to lend a compassionate ear, Spider-Man asks the boy his name. Jason Todd, the boy shudders. Please don't hurt me. Hurt you? 
I would never hurt you, Spider-Man says, as he takes a knee to come face to face with young Jason. Right at that moment, Jason kicks Spider-Man right in the balls. (laughs) (laughs) Running for his life, Jason makes his way back to his hideout, a broken down office building in an extremely dangerous part of town. Taking a big sigh of release, Jason thinks of the events that just took place. As he suddenly hears from above him, I didn't see that coming, and I have a sense for these kind of things. <laughs> Spider-Man had followed Jason. He now asks Jason if this is where he lives and where his parents are. Jason explains that he did in fact live there and had been alone for some time. He said his dad, uh, he said his mom had passed away a few years ago and his father was shot in the street right outside this very building. Hearing this struck Spider-Man having lost his uncle in the same manner and knowing this child was already heading down the wrong path, Spider-Man decided that he would help. He revealed his secret identity to the boy, saying, My name is Peter, and I'd like to help you if you'd let me. Jason accepted, and Peter laid it all out. Jason would stay with Aunt May, where he would be cared for, and Peter would be around to guide him, and Jason accepted all of this under one condition. He wanted to be able to help Spider-Man. Spider-Man said as long as Jason went to school every day that he could talk to Spider-Man over an earpiece and tell him about crime happening around him. Flash forward two years. (laughs) Jason has become like a little brother to Peter and like a son to Aunt May. Jason would do anything to make them proud. Spider-Man has acquired the black costume. Jason is a straight-A student. Everything is going great. While Spider-Man is out on patrol... Jason radios him about a disturbance at a warehouse. Spider-Man rushes there. Jason then learns that Mysterio is responsible for these events, but Spider-Man's radio is getting too much interference to hear Jason. Fearing Spider-Man is walking into a trap, Jason decides to go help. When he arrives, Spider-Man and Mysterio are already fighting. Jason attempts to help, but only winds up distracting Spider-Man, allowing Mysterio to escape. Overly angry due to the symbiote's influence on Peter's mind, Peter lashes out at him, calling him a stupid child and saying he never should have allowed him to help out. Spider-Man orders Jason to go home. Upset, Jason returns to Aunt May's house. Crying, he immediately goes to his room and refuses to let sweet Aunt May help talk him through it. Unfortunate for Jason, he does not have a spider sense, nor did he realize he was being followed. Moments later, the doorbell rings. As Aunt May opens the door, Mysterio bursts in and gasses Aunt May, leaving her unconscious. Mysterio kidnaps Jason. Returning home to find this scene, Spider-Man is only driven more angry and vengeful. Mysterio brings Jason to an abandoned amusement park and ties him to a chair in the House of Mirrors. Spider-Man races around the city searching for Jason and Mysterio, getting angrier as the minutes pass. As Spider-Man perches on a skyscraper, he is attacked by Kraven the Hunter. But this is not the Spider-Man Kraven was expecting. Spider-Man easily overpowers Kraven. Hanging him over the edge of a building, he says, Being too soft is how my loved ones get hurt. Never again. As he lets go of Kraven, who falls several stories, just before he hits the ground, he is rescued by Iron Man, who restrains him and then confronts Spider-Man. This is in-depth. Dude, this is intense. I'm I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm good. (laughs) Iron Man tries to talk some sense into his friend Spider-Man, 
but Spider-Man is beyond reasoning and attacks Iron Man. Iron Man witnesses Spider-Man's suit morphing and changing uncontrollably as they fight. As his armor retrieves a sample of Spider-Man's suit, Iron Man commands his AI to run an analysis looking for weaknesses. The fight is full on and as Spider-Man seems to lose all control, he picks up an air conditioning unit from atop the building and as he goes to crush Iron Man, the AI tells Iron Man that the substance should react poorly to large sound waves. Iron Man boosts out of the way and engages shoulder-mounted sonic cannons. As he blasts Spider-Man, the suit writhes in pain before detaching from Spider-Man and fleeing. Spider-Man apologizes profusely as Iron Man assures him it's okay. The suit must have been controlling him. This is the home stretch here. Yeah, I'm in it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I got my popcorn. Weeks pass. Mysterio has been torturing Jason, both physically and mentally, with illusions. Making Jason see Spider-Man murder Aunt May. Making Jason see himself kill Aunt May. As well as making him see Mysterio appear as Spider-Man, who viciously beats him. Twisting young Jason's mind to hate the person he loved the most. All to get as much information as possible about Spider-Man. Jason was strong, but time was taking its toll. As Jason continues to be beaten, an ominous presence slides into the House of Mirrors. Having spent so much time with Peter, and having these constant thoughts of hate in his mind for Spider-Man from these illusions, the symbiote had felt a pull towards Jason. As Mysterio takes a moment to devise his next form of torture, the symbiote slithers up the chair and attaches itself to Jason. When Mysterio turns around, all of Jason's wounds are healed. Mysterio, puzzled, lunges at Jason, but Jason explodes out of the chair, grabbing Mysterio by the throat. Mysterio frightenedly questions, How could this be? I had broken you. You're just a boy. As Jason begins to rise taller and taller, the symbiote covering more and more of his body, he says, We are not just a boy. We are not Jason. We are Venom. As he bites Mysterio's head off, helmet and all. Yes. That's it. Yes, <laughs> dude. I am here for that. That's amazing. I want it. I want it I, animated. I, I want that animated too. <laughs> Holy crap. That's so good. Yes, you should have gone second. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> oh, man, I freaking love that. Oh, that's so fitting. Just going from one anti-hero storyline to the next. With that, it fits really well. And I thought it would be awesome to incorporate our two favorite characters together. <laughs> yes, 100%. Oh, I, so I almost did Transformers. I almost had the car he was boosting be Bumblebee. Ooh, very cool. But then I didn't see a cool way of him just hanging out with Transformers. Yeah. No, that that would have been cool too. No, I freaking love what you came up with though. That's brilliant. As soon as you started Hell like yeah. explaining the buggy, I was like, yes, we're getting the spider buggy. <laughs> Let's go. Hell Amazing. Yeah. Yes. I, I need that in my life. That would be dope. Yes. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. Uh, initially, so for mine, initially I, what I was like, just a fun idea was uh if he had found wonder woman's invisible jet <laughs> and just like try to steal an invisible wheel or something <laughs> just not functional so just randomly he puts it on another car and it just drives and it works functionally but you don't see the wheel on that car but it's just hucking a tire people 
<laughs> but so uh, I didn't. I went up in a different direction, and so for mine, I also have him in uh, the streets of New York City. Hell yeah! Except not. It's not a buggy, but a van that oh. he is trying to steal a wheel from, and this very interesting dark green and possibly pale yellow van as he takes the first wheel off of it he is shocked have a tap on the shoulder as and as he turns around he sees four mutated turtles asking him what in the world is he doing with their van (laughs) four baby turtles (laughs) and i because i love the idea of them landing silently behind him and then just like observing him for a minute and then just the tap like so what you doing (laughs) that's exactly how it would go down yes and then you would get the storyline of him being scared because he hasn't seen like four mutated turtles that could talk (laughs) at this point because he hasn't encountered a giant killer croc that has murdered his parents that's true and and then they get to know his storyline that he's an orphan that he's living on the streets and they are also living on the streets there in the sewer. And they kind of get to know him a little bit more. And they're like, well, we can't just leave this kid out on his own. And so they bring him down into the sewer and they introduce him to uh, Master Splinter, who senses all this anger that Jason has inside of himself, basically based on his life experience. And he feels that nothing can save him better than having a mentor and as well as the training in ninjutsu to basically calm his mind and become more uh, well-rounded as an individual. So he is brought into the turtle family and learns the art of ninjutsu and becomes essentially the fifth brother of this team and continues to, he'll develop, uh, he'll get his own color but I, I imagine him and Raph will, both being more of the hotheads would get along very well. <laughs> yeah. And rather than just getting a bandana because he's more vulnerable, they are going to get a uh, uh, a modified looking like a like a samurai helmet. So we're bringing in the, the third Ninja Turtles movie type of thing. <laughs> so he gets like a really cool like samurai looking mask that but it's red to go on because him and him and Raph get along really well so that's kind of the brother that he tends to go towards which also will help develop Raph as a character as well because he now has this tag along little brother that he wants to be better for and and there's just a really fun dynamic and I love the idea of because there has been so many Batman TMNT crossovers I had the idea that there would be another one but after the storyline, I didn't develop who they would be going up against, but he would see this uh, human that is with him. He would see Jason Todd fighting and just being impressed by his abilities. And I would have Splinter see Batman notice Jason and Splinter would say, you cannot have him as your Robin. And Batman just says, why not? And Splinter responds with, because he is already a turtle. Yeah. It's like, boom! And credits. <laughs> I have no idea who they fight with Batman, but I don't care about that part. It I doesn't just, matter. I just I just want that part to happen. Shredder's involved. Yeah, Shredder's there. There we go. That's fine. But I just, oh, I want it so badly. That'd be awesome. I want both of these. Holy crap. Dude, the Venom one. I freaking love it. <laughs> 
I'll take teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles teaming up with anybody. I, I love that. That's true. Dude, T, the TMNT Power Ranger crossover was phenomenal. Yeah. Did you see the TMNT Batman movie? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah, the I did. animated yes. movie? Yeah, that's so awesome. So sick. It's so yeah. good. The fight between Batman and Shredder and in Shredder that movie. Shredder is amazing, yeah. Oh. I don't really like the design of the turtles in that, but that fight scene alone is worth watching. Yes, 100%. It's so good. Well... This has been a blast, Josh. Thank you so much for coming on to start off our season two strong with Red Hood. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so why don't you remind everyone again where they can find you, where they can subscribe, uh, all that stuff. Sure. Uh, you can follow the Four Nerds by Nerds podcast on Twitter, FMBM podcast, or on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok, FMBN, the number four in the letter U. We're everywhere your podcast can be found. Uh, follow my other show, High on Horror Podcast. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, uh, at H on H Pod. And uh, yeah, get new new episodes of FMBN every Monday and new sh- episodes of High on Horror every Wednesday. So check it out. Yeah, and I cannot recommend both of these shows enough. I love them both. Josh, you're amazing. Thank you oh. so much for coming. <laughs> and like, uh, and then obviously Chris and Miles too are so fantastic with you on on High on Horror. So everyone, listen to all, both of those shows because you will not be disappointed. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah, of course. It's time to close the book on Jason Todd's Red Hood. So until next time, this is Lance. And this is Josh. Reminding you to keep your friends close, but your comic books closer. Closer.